0: Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Passion Project. I'm one of your hosts, Guru, and it's a podcast where we bring on a guest and talk about their passions, their projects, inspirations, what they believe in and maybe don't believe in. Wow, I've got, <laughs> it's been a while since I got the intro right. Um, I am joined by my co-hosts,
1: Michael and Laney,
0: And Alyssa, Alyssa's with us in spirit, but she's having a few uh, Wi-Fi problems. Um, okay. So hopefully she joins on soon. Um, uh, hope everyone is doing well, uh, this week. I'm very excited for our guest. It's David Joseph.
2: Woo-hoo. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs>
0: um, David, David and I, uh, went to the same high school. Shout out to the Winchester, Massachusetts folk, WHO. uh, but, uh, grade below me, uh, all around great guy, I think, and a uh, very versatile, multi-talented dude, um, <laughs> And uh fantastic goatee. I think <laughs> uh, right. you're only listening to me, but you should just know he has a fantastic goatee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll be um, to to this not
2: weekend. the best, it's not the worst. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but uh yeah, David, uh, you're you're also uh a student at BU and I hope you get also start with the new position on the your VV, new VP position. Yeah, um but uh what what do you want to be talking to us about today?
2: Yeah, so I guess I'll just start with a quick little intro to everyone slash anyone. So what's up, guys? Uh, my name is David Joseph. I'm a rising junior at Boston University. I'm currently serving as the Student Government Executive Vice President. Uh, in addition to that, I'm involved in a few different organizations on campus. One is Brothers United. It's like a Minorities Men Initiative um, for people to come together every Sunday and just fellowship, get to know each other, talk and like build a community. Another organization I'm in is JC Hispaniola Fund. It's a nonprofit organization uh, specifically aimed at raising funds and medical aid to uh, various communities in the Dominican Republic. Um, so that's like a little two cents on who I am. Um, overall, like I kind of just came here today just to open up discussion, talk to you guys. I think about. Everything that's going on right now in the world, as we know, it's a very racially charged time. Um, a lot of things are going on, both politically and then like emotionally, and then just like if you boil it down to like the friend group level, and like like everyone's questioning everything. And while all this is going on at the same time, we still have to be cognizant of coronavirus, and still have to be cognizant of like keeping uh, like physically safe, I guess, as well as now. Mentally, emotionally, socioeconomically, Um, and it just—it's just turbulent times. And I think I'm here to talk a little bit more on
3: that.
0: Yeah, um, I I think just to begin, David, uh, you know, last week um, we kind of did an episode where I I feel like it was—it was sort of all of us plus our our guest Darren. We we were kind of all just kind of like processing that whole first week of protests and everything. Um, So I think just to begin, it would be maybe you could just like talk to us just about like how you've been processing it, what these past two weeks have been like for you and just giving like general thoughts. And I think after that, perhaps we could, um, I I think like, I've also been following your social and stuff. I know you're leading a lot of like uh, initiatives currently um, about sort of like at BU and kind of like how students can be active during the movement. Um, And I feel like, part of the discussion tonight i'd also love to kind of get into like how like specifically college students can be active how campuses can be active like not just for black lives matter but also for like just social justice in general yeah. um but yeah i mean I, I think first you just want to maybe like give us like your your thoughts how you've been processing it just like how how are you been doing these past two weeks
2: so overall it's it's definitely been a hell of a hell of a two weeks <laughs> um personally i like i've always been decent at processing understanding and trying to like cope with everything that's going on so um i'll leave out like how like, i'll leave out like the section of like dealing with everything but more so on like what i've been doing um what i've been doing wise it's it's been interesting it's been i was at one of the um, i was at one of the marches at 6 30 p.m on this not this past sunday yesterday but the the week before and i was only able to make it uh for like a short amount of time that being said um it was it's crazy impactful to see people come together all rallied behind a cause all pushing for change all actually wanting to see action done and oftentimes you hear about it you see it on the news but When you're physically there and when you can like have those discussions with people and talk uh it's 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 just a completely different and genuine experience that i think more people need to have because you cherish both the cause and you cherish the people a whole lot more um specifically i've been i've been trying to educate myself and i'll i'll definitely talk more on like educating and like just in that in general um I've been educating myself this is oftentimes i think people think oh like you're a black man you know everything about this or oh like the like just ask the black person they know everything and that's oftentimes it's not the case and oftentimes that just leads to further discussions that need to be have uh that need to be had sorry but i think what i'm trying to do right now is first educate myself uh properly don't just read everything in the news and think that it's correct but Really digging down, doing my own research, understanding like where a lot of the strife and um, previous beliefs and like incorrect beliefs as well is where are they coming from? How do they? How did everything boil up to the point where it's at? And just kind of like delving into research on your own to really understand things on a deeper level, and then and then communicating with people. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but, um, those are some of the things I'm doing. Those are some of the things I encourage other people to do. You also asked what BU is doing specifically um, or what I've been doing and what student government has been doing here at BU. So as a whole, it's been an incredible effort. Uh, At Boston University, uh, again, I told you before, I'm vice president and student government. We allied with uh, UMOJA, which is the Black Student Union here at Boston University. And this was about maybe a week ago, uh, maybe Ten days ago, we started like uh, started open dialogue with them and we were just really going back and forth saying, hey, what can we do um, about everything that's going on? How can we as BU students make tangible change? And one of the easiest and quickest things that we came up with, one of the first things, not the only thing, keep in mind, is raising money. And so we set it upon ourselves to uh, raise ten thousand dollars. That was our original goal. And we said, hey, let, like, let's set this for as long as we can and just like push it in a day and raise $10,000 for three different organizations. Uh, we hit the $10,000 mark within the first, I think, three hours, I want to say. Wow. We were, we were incredibly shocked because we thought it would take us a lot longer to raise <clears> that. And it really boiled up to the point where we were like, hey, let's turn this into something that was previously just two different organizations. We'll turn it into like a Boston University Central thing. So we reached out to more organizations. We had them partner with the cause. We had them push for the cause, and it just kept growing and growing and building and building. The momentum started kicking off. Uh, faculty started getting involved. Administration started getting involved, and it was students were always involved. It was just like a student organization push for racial justice, and it was incredible to see. Currently, the donation it closes tonight at I, I guess tomorrow, quote, unquote, at 12 a.m. Um, but Currently, I believe we're somewhere close to 136,000, if I'm right, and it's like it's only been just a week as of like 12 a.m. Early, or 12 p.m. earlier today. So it's it's been incredible to see like what we can really do when we come together, when we push for change, and we want to see it happen both on this campus and throughout the student body. And it's really just opened things up for us in a brand new light. I'm looking forward to where we go from here.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, just like, uh, that's that's incredible to hear all that, um, the funds that you guys have raised. That's a really, really amazing uh, one week. Sorry, what was that?
2: Just, I give credit to all the clubs, all the people who, like, helped this. Like, this would not have happened without them.
0: Of course. Um, so, I, I think, like, in terms of, like, all the different things you hit on, um, you know, you were kind of talking, like, a little bit earlier about how, everyone's doing a lot of like questioning right now of themselves and of like the things around them. So maybe to kind of like break down the sort of what, what you've been sort of experiencing for yourself and at BU and also in like student government, like first, can you talk a little bit more about like what resources you've been kind of using to educate yourself? Like what exactly have like you been like questioning for like yourself and like, just as an individual and everything
2: yeah completely um so on a personal level like what i've been doing what i've been trying to do um it's not as much questioning as in like any prior beliefs but it's more so just adding to my understanding and going about that in means that aren't just listen to like cnn or the news or anything that's just on the television but really like delving into the history of causes and the history of initiatives and on that level, I think um, I've just really trying to. I've just I've just really been trying to understand through historical lens. So really looking back at where these causes stem from, looking at various different movements throughout the United States that led to the led to all these different injustices and all these different things that are going on currently. Um, specifically, if I just give an example, um, like so, a lot of people are talking about. Defunding the police, or, or looking at statistics of mass incarceration and trying to, and trying to understand that from, uh, from their lens. And I think the best thing people can do for themselves is really like look up like m- everything is online, and and of like all all these different organizations they have to report all their statistics online. But people can often just take what's on Instagram or take what's on Facebook and just take it as the law when it in actuality the best thing they can do is really just go and research themselves and I, I just can't stress that enough like that's what I've been doing and it, like you really understand things differently when you're the one going through digging for the facts reading different articles reading different anecdotes from uh, from just various organizations and really putting the pieces together yourself because then you have a more complete picture
0: yeah and um, now kind of transitioning into like your <clears throat> role Actually, before we get into the VP role, as, like, a student, um, I'm curious, like, like how did, did your perspective on, like, what BU as an administration or maybe BU's own history or how that, like, the school itself, like, how it uh, treats its uh, Black students or, like, any students of color? Like, did you sort of, like, like, have any thoughts about that or, like, question that or, like, trying to, like, get more information on that?
2: Yeah, so the treatment of black students at BU or like just understanding black students at BU, it's always been an interesting case. Um, the, the, like statistically speaking, the black population at Boston University is 4%, which to me is atrocious. I, of course, would prefer a, it doesn't even mirror either the United States or let alone Boston. So I feel as though getting it up to those numbers is something that I really want to see happen as a student. And as like a black man, I would love to see more people, uh, people of color on this campus, and more black men on this campus, and as well as black females. I don't know why I just didn't say black <laughs> <that to> people. <laughs> I love you guys. Don't 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 come at me for that. Um, and that's something that as a student, I I really want to see. I want to see more diversity on this campus, and, and it's not only diversity, but Diversity is a word that's thrown around a lot recently, and everyone just says, oh, we have diverse this, diverse that. But it's the diversity and the inclusion aspect that often doesn't get um, really pushed. So they, they really aim for the diversity, and some schools get those numbers. But the inclusion aspect is what I think a lot of people need to start focusing on. And I think that's what I try and do as a student here at BU and as a leader here at BU.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I know you were elected recently um as like your for your like being vice president um but i'm just like curious like what have been like in the past two weeks and like, what have been the conversations like with your fellow like other like student body uh officers and kind of like what has been kind of your guys approach at how you want you as a collective want to be representing the student body right now
2: yeah so what i really love about like my team for for StuGov is it's it's never been about like who's in charge and who's who's like the person and who's you know it's never been about like the labels and the title it's all about like what we try and get done and how we get it done and I think my team like it, it speaks for itself we, we have an incredibly diverse team we have an incredibly um wide range of people from different backgrounds from different ethnicities from different thoughts of mind and Really, coupling us all together has been an incredible process because when we ha- when we have these discussions, it's it's not like everyone in the room agrees with me. It's not like everyone in the room agrees with Oliver or agrees with Naya or any or anyone else on my team. It's it's really open discussion. We really work through different processes together, and it's also understanding. And this is just like pro- like this is like our problem solving in general, not specific- not nothing specifically to everything that's going on right now. But it's really. It's really a process because as you learn, you learn with each other. It's not like one person is right and one person's wrong and that's us end of the story, but it's, it's very open dialogue in the sense where we can come back to topics and we can talk about things more. And then sometimes people might go off and talk about things after the call and then we come back and then bring up other points that were made in between. So I think the discussions have been very, very open, very positive, very helpful. And I think they're essential. I think pushing this, like, to not just either, but just for everyone, I think one thing everyone can do and one thing everyone should do is, is just talk about this. Oftentimes racial issues like have been pushed under the rug, have been pushed to the side and people try not to talk about it in open broad daylight, but in closed doors for who knows why. Um, but now as you can see, everyone's angry, you know, everyone's upset, everyone's ready for change to happen. And I think everyone's pushing for change to happen. I wouldn't say everyone's ready for it, but everyone's pushing for change to happen. And and on that note, I, it's the perfect time for these discussions to happen. It's no longer something that, that has to be like a background thought or an afterthought, but it's really something that I bring up with, with everyone I talk to every single day now, just, just to gain more, more perspective, just to understand where they're coming from, see things from a different light, because... Um, just understanding and like hearing more opinions, hearing more thoughts and really like seeing more of the picture is something I'm really trying to do so that I can just lead both be you and just be a leader, like within myself to the best of my ability.
0: Now, what, what's been like a, perhaps an instance, like a conversation you had with the person recently that like really impacted you or like made you look at a situation or like an event differently?
2: Yeah. Um, I was talking to one of my friends about, a week ago, we went in between like calling on the phone and then texting back and forth. And he was just trying to understand why the the conversation, you know, of course went up and down into many different things. Um, and he was just trying to understand why like one example of like, calling people of color is different from calling people black and how either mixed people can or can't call themselves black and how like other mixed people can or can and like just like the intersectionality of like race as well as ethnicity, as well as, like, culture. And um, it was just an incredibly interesting discussion where, you know, I, d- I really didn't agree with everything he said. And he also went back and forth on a lot of the things that I said. But it, it wasn't done out of hatred. It wasn't done out of, oh, like, you're no longer my friend now. It's, it was really done out of, like, he, he was saying, hey, David, I don't understand this. And I said, like, please, like, let me let me just try and talk to you and, like, like show you my two cents on this on this topic. And we, we, the conversation started there, it delved into everything that's happening now. And there was understanding going on on both ends. I was seeing, I was learning more about his perspective and he was coming to find out more about mine. And I think, I think conversations like that were previously never had because people were afraid of confronting or afraid of, like he reached out to me for this. this before, two weeks ago, I don't think this, this would have ever happened. I don't think people would have been comfortable to talk about this on such an open level um other things are like people people always reach out to me people say hey Alex, i'm here for you and people like i think i think it's great that people are now understanding and really <clears throat> trying to understand everything that's going on uh just within the united states in the sense of racial injustice and there's many changes that need to be made but at the same time it really does just start with reaching out to people saying hey i'm here for you and and being willing to go from that to a discussion, you know, and, and admitting sometimes you don't understand, and admitting sometimes that like, oh, my opinion is right, oh, my opinion is wrong, and, and it's it's you know it's a continual learning process, and I can't stress that enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Lainey, Michael, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa's here, yay. Uh, yay,
3: hi, and also <laughs> hi, David. <laughs> um,
0: uh, I'm actually also curious, like, for you guys, like, if you've also had some kind of like conversation recently that's I mean we've all been having these conversations I'm sure but like if there's something that's been like kind of impacted you or gave you like a new thought or something like that like for me I think I've been really focused on like news coverage um or kind of like there's been a lot of criticism recently at kind of national outlets I think I especially heard a lot of criticism towards like the new york times uh recently um over just how they've been depicting the protests, or like what wording is used um or so sure, are, yeah. like, misrepresenting protests as riots or not actually acknowledging the police brutality and such um and i was having a conversation with a friend recently who asked me like where am i getting my news because she didn't know who to trust <laughs> um And she specifically singled out, like, the New York Times when she was, like, asking me that question. And, like, that suddenly, like, brought me to a halt because I was, like, wondering, like, oh, yeah, like, where i have been kind of been looking? And I sort of had to stop and reflect and actually, like, be like, oh, I've actually been – I'm curious to know what you guys have been, like, receiving your stuff. But, like, for me, I've been really um, pleasantly um, surprised at how – social media is being used right now i feel like it's being used as like a very responsible tool way more than ever yeah and uh i'm still paying attention to like you know the major outlets and stuff but i feel like i'm now more trusting of like uh resources that my friends share um and like updates like they share and i've found a lot more new scholars and organizations to follow um that have then led me to like more resources like uh and uh, yeah, I think that kind of ties into like the educational aspect of it, which we should definitely get into later. But I think definitely like a constant impact to me recently was like that and kind of made me question like how uh, sort of like the shifting standards for journalism right now or like where we're getting our news or who we can really trust to like represent the situation um, accurately. Um, but yeah, I'm curious, like re- rest of you guys, like kind of what what's been kind of a conversation for you that's really sort of challenged or impacted you recently?
4: Um, interestingly enough, Twitter has really, um, I guess, impacted me in the sense that I've been following more journalists who've been attending the protests, and I've been seeing video that's been posted on there. And um, the videos that are posted on Twitter are wildly different than what's been posted on the news, or not posted on the news, what's been shown on the news. And um, what's really opened my eyes about how the news, uh, how they frame the footage they have versus Twitter, where anyone who's attending these protests will post exactly what they are seeing for everyone to see, as opposed to what the news is doing, which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Michael, Lisa
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point of just like, like how like, if you look on Twitter, you'll see one picture, and then if you look on like mainstream media, like you'll see like just a completely different picture, and it's almost like, like it's almost gotten to the point of like, like propaganda. Like you, you see these like posts of like, oh, like these cops are kneeling with the protesters, and they're like doing the Macarena together they're, like, hugging a protester. And then you'll see posts, like, two hours later where it's, like, well, the cops just pulled out the tear gas and the rubber bullets. And so it's, like, it's... And then the only pictures you'll see are, like, like those pictures of the cops hugging people on, like, CBS News or something. And it's just, like, mainstream media companies don't really, like, want to lose that kind of, like mainstream liberal support so it's like it's almost just showing us like where the priorities are for like most of mainstream and corporate America I yeah. feel
3: Yeah definitely um I guess in terms of conversations I uh definitely got into it with my parents uh last week cuz I was planning and uh organizing providing supplies for a protest in San Francisco with my friend and um, my parents were not supportive of that, but it ended up leading to us opening up, having conversations about this, which I've been trying to do for years now and um, mostly conversations about racial, racial justice. But um, I think now they're not not necessarily trying to have conversations like I have always been but when I'm bringing them up now they sort of have to talk about it with me I feel like it was definitely easier for them to walk away before um but in terms of social media stuff I think something that I've noticed beyond like what you guys have been saying is that uh organizing has been way different too with with social media um and definitely a lot of ways that I have been learning about how I can help and support um, and take action and make change have been through social media, which I I wouldn't have necessarily access to um, before. And also uh, uh, someone who I went to high school and middle school with, who um, was organizing, a protest just in our in our city because um, there's a lot of other big ones going on in the bay area but uh, she she just merely posted um what she wanted and was thinking about for the protest oh, on social media was... and had a note that was with it talking about in uh in <laughs> palo alto where where i our, originally grew up huh sorry
1: the, the man's trying to keep can a... you hear me <laughs> <laughs> They heard what she was talking about. They're like, cut
2: off. They don't want to hear it.
1: (laughs) They're not ready for that conversation. I don't know. I, I think an interesting point is like, like earlier you were talking about like the difference between like diversity and inclusion. And I feel like that's kind of like a point that's kind of been coming to a head a lot on social media with like a lot of people of color are like coming out with stories about like, working at these kind of like, uh, like working at all these different types of industries and like the experiences that they've had there that have kind of like been these kind of very racist and like microaggressive environments. And like now they're kind of like speaking up on it for the first time. And so like, I think that's an interesting, like, like now that it's like race is just like a topic that you kind of discuss every day. It's like, it's finally like allowing people to be like, Hey, like, this is something I kind of just dealt with for like a while, but like this isn't cool. Like how like how do you think that do you think that's gonna like continue to keep happening in like more different industries? Like I know just today, like Bon Appetit was called out a bunch of times. Wow.
2: Or was yeah, on.
0: yeah. The the editor in chief Bon Appetit, like I don't know if you guys saw, but like like an hour or two ago, he resigned.
2: Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. No, I had no
4: clue.
1: Yeah. So I think it's interesting that like this is happening now. Like, do you think like this is going to continue to happen, or do you think it's kind of just like
2: yeah? Like- I, I think it will continue. I think I think this is the start of a, like a new time for for really everyone because I like the the topic of race isn't going away. It's not like tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's all gone. It's all better. I think now it's really ignited people who have been either. On the fence, or have never known about this topic before, and, and are really like interested in learning and interested in communicating about it, and it's also reignited the passion within a lot of people who have been pushing for this cause since day one. And because of that, I think, I think honestly, for for years years to come, I really think the topic of race and like the discussion of race is going to be a lot more apparent both in politics as well as in just everyone's everyday life just as you walk and talk people might ask you questions people might like bring up these topics and gain your opinions on it like i think i think we're living in a new time and and we're we're understanding that time by communicating with each other about the topic
4: especially because everyone is more accessible than ever um yeah Yeah. for the first time ever like you can reach corporations artists really anyone on your phone through all the different social media apps. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time where someone can directly just reach out to their favorite artist who's been silent and call them out on it. Um,
2: And and oftentimes, like, actually get a response.
4: Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely,
3: with the Open Your Lobby, um, I, like, me and Eliana were, like, DMing all of these different theater companies, and it's, like, how, I, like, it's amazing that, like, we have the access to be able to do that um but i think a lot of people see virtual spaces and and being able to reach people like that um as as without um physical threat um and that seems to make it a safer way to do things but i mean we've known from people being able to identify protesters from videos and stuff like that and that's why we shouldn't post those um that they do still have repercussions in person. And uh, I think I've talked about this um, with, for some reason, like some of my white friends have, have like been asking me about this, but um, reaching out onto the like algorithm for like all lives matter and like blue lives matter and stuff like that by using those hashtags. um, And uh, it's just interesting to know, like, for them, like, they're able to do that and reach those spaces and um, invite that onto their timeline with with less of a threat than a lot of other people would be able to do, um, even though it is all in virtual space and trying to disrupt everything that's showing up on those hashtags with our information and stuff like that. It's, it's just interesting that... Uh, The virtual space is definitely not, not a vacuum, and is still very related to how we're operating and what opportunities people have, um, not virtually. Yeah,
0: I I think that's especially like I I think going back to like I was talking earlier, like I I think people are no recognizing how to kind of responsibly act in the virtual space, so to speak. Um, which I I think the best example of that for me recently was on blackout Tuesday when people were posting black squares but uh, that like why it was considered performative and why it was considered counterproductive to what blackout Tuesday it was actually for. Um, I felt like that was called out so fast uh, so efficiently um, and effectively and, I think like when I'm seeing things like that, where people are much quicker to like uh, not only recognize, call out, but then also heed. Um, they'll like learn, uh, okay, I did something wrong, and then like I'm going to take it down, or I'm going to change the caption, or like like actually use the space for something more. And I, you know, I, 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 I what I hope happens, what be it on social media or in everyday conversations, like um, I, I just hope it, it kind of like persists within like like persist like intellectually and you know culturally with us and I I I agree with you David I I think we are kind of like in that kind of like shift right now yeah um but it's it's just like it just it's just a matter of like making it persistent like that like it's like long-term practices um and uh sort of you know like trying to I think it goes back to kind of like educating yourself like you know just being willing to learn and then also accept when you're wrong and then growing from that
2: Exactly. Um, yeah uh which is tough for a lot of people you know
0: for sure yeah um well i i guess like I'm, i'm curious like have you have have you had any conversations recently where you've like like I, I guess it, it's been like very difficult to like try to make the person understand. Or, like, I guess, like, you had a conversation recently where like your can your sort of discussion like it didn't go well, or like it didn't, um, it ended up being like less productive than you intended it to be, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um, I had a discussion earlier today with, um, this was more Stu Gov related, but very similar thought and like same overall goals, um, where it, Uh, someone was calling uh, to specifically talk about the organizations that we were donating to and trying to change those organizations uh, because they felt as though they weren't the best organizations to receive the funds at the time. And um, it really, it really started to dive into more of like the underlying reasons behind like our support for each of the organizations and her support for each of her organizations and went back and forth. And, there and it was very stagnant in the sense that we we knew what we like we as student government as well as Umoja because they were there we knew exactly what we were trying to accomplish and get done and then um, someone voicing their their opinions as well also is trying to get something done and there was there was really no uh, how do I put it there was really no and. Like end res, there was really no resolution to it. It was more so just each giving our two cents on the topic and then leaving it at that. I think, I think that's not a perfect example though because it did have to revolve around like something Stugov was in charge of. But I haven't had those personal conversations where either the person won't agree and, and still won't agree afterwards, and we leave it at that. I think, I think anything that it boils down to is we we always talk, we always go back and forth, but in the end, it it's either we both agree that we understand different things or we agree upon the same thing. It's never left in like a, like lukewarm, like in between space of, we don't know what just happened or if someone leaves, it's never like an angry, um, end to a conversation or something. It's just very, it's, it's, it's like we understand that this has come to a close. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, i'm wondering like as a I, I think like as college students um we're simultaneously like wanting to be really active and i think a lot of college students like are really active right now but they're also like a lot of people like you know kind of around our age that are left like unsure of what to do or if they can do more if they're doing enough yeah. um and I'm, I'm, well, it is kind of like a two part question, but like for, for right now, like what kind of like advice or tips would you give to like a college student, like people around our age about ways to get active or like kind of like just like, how would you want to like, like when we encourage them to like stay involved in like what's going on right now and not like not get discouraged. Cause I think like also like burnout is like a very real thing. Um, yeah. I can definitely yeah. impact like, us like way more like right now along with the, many other stressors uh, in our life for someone of this age so like I'm, I'm like curious like have you kind of been having to deal with burnout recently or like what kind of tips or advice would you give to other people to like avoid that and kind of stay stay involved
2: yeah so the i think what i can do on giving advice in that regard is really breaking down how people understand the topic because in and, and to address the burnout as well like I think, I think oftentimes burnout happens because we're either looking at the topic from too macro of a scale and we haven't broken it down into its finest points because I, I always think things can be broken down further. And when they're broken down further, pick one topic, understand that topic. And when you think you've completely understood everything about that, go back up and pick the next one and then pick the next one and then continue. Like, There's always more to learn and there's always more to do. And I think people often think that, oh, I generally have a good idea of everything that's happening. So I feel like there's nothing else I can do. There's nothing else I can push. When in reality, like the best thing you can do and the, getting to your point of what can college kids do. Uh, one is educate yourself, of course. It's, it's what I've been saying this whole time. Really like spend the time. Go, go through everything that's online that's available. Read through different Like listen to different podcasts, listen to people speak on it, different people's opinions. Look into like recent history and see how it's gotten to this point. And I think because when when you're educated, you come to the conversation bearing much more, um, bearing much more knowledge, as well as just bearing like much more thought in everything you say in each decision that's currently being made by like the vast majority of people. Because you you understand just like more of like the behind the scenes action or like the, the What's been done in the past. So the first thing I can say is educate yourself. Um, the next thing co- all college kids can do, uh, it really is reach out, reach out to people. You know, understand their perspective, listen to other people, and see how they feel on a topic and how they understand the topic. Because having those discussions, because now that you're educated, you know and you already educated yourself. Have those discussions to work out the little things with different people and understanding like from one side to the next and why people believe specific things. I think. A lot of understanding comes through discussion. And I remember just one of my teachers pushed that in my classes. And for the longest time, I was like, why? I can just do it all myself and I can figure it out. But then when you really talk to someone and you, you get down into the points of like ABC and what they agree with and what you agree with, you, you understand where your knowledge might have been lacking without you even recognizing it. And so that's the second thing I'd say is have those discussions and have it with everyone, like your friends, your family. Like every single person, you random person on the street that seems open and wants to talk, have that discussion with them. That's my second piece of advice, and I would say my third piece of advice, um, it would probably revolve around just making sure that when you reach, like saying everything you say with intent, and when you reach out to people, not not to feel insincere, not to be insincere, not not to put any blame or pressure on anyone. I think, which is kind of like a loaded <laughs> last point, but I really I really think that like, by by reaching out, all, all, like as of now, a lot of people have been reaching out to a lot of black people that they know, just saying, hey, just so you know, I love you and I support you. And that's great, you know, do that. I, I say continue doing that, but do that with intent. Don't just do that so that you can check off a box and be like, oh, you know, I, I did my racial justice for the day, like I'm good. Do that because you want to and you want to actually help. And if, and if the person has something to say back, like, like begin that discussion. Don't just feel as though you check the box and like you should be done because let's say they say something important. That's something now like anyone who, who anyone who had that discussion can then repost or share or like share that opinion. And, and it brings new light and more light to what people are trying to get done and what we are trying to accomplish.
0: Awesome. Uh, and now uh, the second part of what I wanted to ask was in terms of like persistence, like, Let's like fast forward a few months, and you know, let's think about like September when students are returning to their campuses, um, and they have to—or sorry, well, maybe they return to their campuses, or maybe they're having to just take online classes. But regardless, they have. To, yeah,
3: I was about to say. Yeah, I. Um, hey, we might be.
1: Uh, we will be on the leapfrog. Uh, you know, I'll be taking my classes. <laughs>
0: um, but I mean, r- regardless, like people. You know if you're not deferring or whatever like there be a good number of students who are you know starting up university again in some form and that's to take them a lot of their time um but you know as a both a college student but also like a student leader on on a campus um what uh how do you want to see like campuses changing or i guess in this specific case you want to talk about like bu like how do you want like the BU campus changing either culturally or in terms of dialogue or whatever be in regards to education or student activism or such like like I I think like this summer will be very formative um but when we're returning to kind of like the fall time uh how do you kind of want like the movements and lessons we're learning from the summer how do you want to kind of have that applied directly to uh, the campus space, be it like in person or virtual?
2: Yeah. So I mentioned like earlier, one of the things of like, you know, getting with more uh, black students slash people of color on this campus. Um, but I think within the student, like the current student body as is, like what would I want to see and like what I think sh- could be beautiful if happened. And what also is happening is there's a lot of unity going on right now. People are are poised in the position where, um, I think there's, there's been a lot of forgiveness of like previous slash past mistakes, error, etc, whatever you want to call it, or whatever happened. And right now, people are at the point where they want to work with each other. Um, a Quick example, of that was the fundraiser where all these different clubs and all these different organizations, like really came together for this cause. This isn't something that was just done by, by one person alone, or by four people alone, it was, it was done by the community. And uh, communities coming together—that's that's something that that oftentimes communities won't won't come together unless they rally behind a cause, and I think now the cause has been found, and you really just see what happens because of it. So there's been a lot of community building, and I, I would just love to see more of that. I would love to see more intersectionality of everything going on at BU. So you know, bringing different communities together and discussing about these topics and discussing about everything that's going on because. Like this isn't gonna stop. This isn't gonna end. I think in September, people people will be like, "Oh, remember that time?" I don't think people will be like, "Oh, remember that time in June when we were all so like pro racial justice." I I think the the same wavelengths are still gonna resonate in everyone, and like the conversation the conversations will still be had. I just think it's gonna be a lot more in the open, and I think that kind of leads into what else? I think. Everything that can happen and should happen is now going to happen in the open, no no longer behind closed doors, no longer behind administration not talking to students or anything of the court. I think dialogue is going to be essential. It's going to be essential to change people's opinions. It's going to be essential to bring awareness to new opinions and to different trains of thought. And I think um, just as a student at BU, I'd love to see more dialogue, more continued dialogue and where to go next. Uh, types of conversations to be had
0: yeah i'm not sure how far you've discussed this with your like st- like student government um but are there any like certain initiatives or plans you guys have already been brainstorming for the fall or is it kind of just been like very like current right now
2: yeah yeah no, no. i was i was gonna call earlier today with uh <clears throat> president oliver poor uh, Stephanie Tavares, the current president of UMOJA, which is the student, the Boston University Black Student Union, and the vice president as well, Delise. So we were all just talking earlier today about what our next steps were as two different leading organizations on this campus. Um, there's a lot of talk. We have a current running list of like many things that we want to see done and many things that different people want to see done and, and really trying to manage how to do it all and how to do how, what to start with, what to get done, because what I don't want to come out of this is, is, you know, 100 people each working on 100 different initiatives. I think that's the worst thing that can happen, albeit, you know, I'm thankful to people and I'm thankful to everyone for their, you know, their ideas, their willingness to help, their willingness to participate. The last, the worst thing that can happen right now is is a divided voice. I think what needs to happen is conversations first need to be had and then, like, as a student body and as, like, a member of the Black community here at BU, really, really well-guided, well-intent, and well-thought-out plans on what's next needs to occur and needs to happen. So, specifically, um, we were talking about, like, what can be done regarding training both students and staff, or training all staff on, uh, like, a diversity training and, like, a racial justice training for all staff here at BU, as well as we're talking about ideally implementing a mandatory class on diversity and inclusion slash racial injustice, just, again, for every single Boston University student. Other initiatives that we're trying to, or we're looking forward to getting done, revolve around um, more of like the everyday life aspects of things, whereas one thing I really care about is... um, unionizing the dining staff and like just the staff at BU mainly because I've worked in jobs in my past where, you know, without a union, it's, it's very easy for one person to go. And, and for the staff here at BU who have, I've built trusting relationships with over the past two years, oftentimes, you know, this, this is really the, the job for them. Like if they, if they don't have this job, it's very difficult for their families. It's very tough for them to find an income and find a living. And it's terrible to see how easy one can go because they don't have the support of a union or support of anything behind them. And so that's, that's me personally, that's something I would love to see. There's, there's a, again, there's a long list of what we're trying to get done. And currently the conversation is like, we as student government, what should we focus on? And uh, like, Umoja as Umoja, like what should they focus on? What are joint efforts that we should do? How should we tackle this problem? Like through conversation. So it's not like we're gonna go off and each do our own thing. But with constant communication, we're making sure that we utilize our resources to the best of our ability.
0: Awesome. Uh, And um, I'm curious, like, what for for people, like, listening who, uh, you know, don't have so much, I think, like, maybe I can just, like, I was speaking as, like, an NYU student. um, When you're one person in such a giant university like that, um and you're told about like certain people who are on assembly and they're having conversations with your administration I feel like it's um it's always difficult to kind of imagine like what those conversations are like and kind of like how exactly the student voice is being represented or what communication administration is like and obviously we can't totally compare like what NYU is like to BU, but um I guess there's a sort of a sample like can you talk a little bit about the process of like being on student government? Like, what that, like, what, what's the communication like with the BU administration, and um, how, like, I guess, like, how how does your die how does your guys like dialogue like function?
2: Yeah, completely. Um, so the dialogue itself, it's it's very apparent, which I love. Uh, it's, well, it's very apparent for me if, as, like, a the current vice president. It's very apparent for the e-board. It's very apparent for those people. But the bad part is it's not apparent for everyone. I think exactly the question that you ask is a question that a lot of people ask, whether they be at BU or Northeastern or just whatever school they are at. Oftentimes, the major, you know, the majority of students won't know how students communicate to administration or won't know how the student government represents itself in administration, which that, it's completely a separate topic. But, I, you know, like... Uh, transparency and not in the sense of blaming the student government or blaming the administration, but just like really encouraging those two entities to be transparent is, is something that I care strongly with. Um, but the process itself and how it goes, um, it's, it's very open. As I was saying, uh, I, I can reach out to president Brown anytime. I can reach out to Dean Elmore anytime. I can reach out to any of the Dean of students. Dean Badolino himself is the student government um basically like the chair like the like you know how every single club slash organization slash anything on a campus needs a representative so the dean of students or the dean Battalino, he's one of the dean of students he is that representative for us and he is you know very high up in the chain of command at bu which oftentimes presents us with immeasurable resources be in wealth of knowledge that we can go to him directly and i can call him anytime i want and i can be like hey dean b um we want to get this done what should we do next and he's like he'll give us his opinion on the matter hey i think it's a great idea i think this hasn't been done before i think you should reach out to these three people bam 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 Email is made communication and then now typically it would be in person of course but now we just Zoom everything <laughs> uh but that's there's that sense there's also Dean B being like, "Hey, I really don't think this is a good idea, but if we still think it's a good idea, we'll push for it, and we'll show him that like we've done the research, we've done the work, and we still want it to happen, and then we can go to Dean Elmore and we can go to other people and we can, and it's really just like warning, um, warning like the the not respect, but warning like the belief in your cause that I think, oftentimes, some sometimes it might take two or three showings for it to really show forth." Um, that being said, like the, the communication is open. I have been on Zoom calls with President Brown before. I talk to Dean Elmore through various means almost every single week. And the best part is, it's it's anyone can anyone can really do this as well. Like Dean B has his office hours, where of course like we have scheduled meetings as well. But anyone can show up to his office hours, talk to him about their causes, and he can and he can do exactly what he does for us for them. It's not like he only does it for the the e board or only does it for student government. Like, I think oftentimes people think, oh, it's such a big school, there's no way for me to reach my administration, when the administration is looking for students to reach out to them. They really are. I've, I've talked to so many different people. They, they love student input. They love student opinions. They love hearing from students. It's just, it doesn't happen enough. And that's, again, where that transparency aspect comes in, like, showing people what the avenues are, how to, how to reach out to a dean, how to, like, have that conversation and it's it's nothing that needs to be feared it's something that needs to be established more and more throughout various different college campuses
0: yeah um, we should have asked you this like at the very beginning we sort of rolled into the conversation but like how did you first like reach out and like get in get like want to get involved in like student government
3: yeah so <laughs> yeah that's literally our first question that's so funny
2: <laughs> that's great um how did I get involved in student That's a great question. Um, so I was in high school, I was my student council president and that was a great time. I, I respected everything about it. It was a great learning process. Um, I came to BU thinking I was done with student government for the most part, I thought that was really it. Um, and I came to the school, I, I, loved, I always loved BU, I still love BU, I, I'm a big fan of this school. And I just noticed a lot of things. I was like, oh, I wish this was done. Or, oh, I wish this was done instead. And I was looking for ways to make that happen. And I really couldn't find the ways to make it happen. I, I didn't know where, where to go. I didn't know what to do. And it wasn't until my friend Oliver Poor, who I, now he's the president of BU, uh, we were playing pool back in, I think, March, because we were watching March Madness at the same time. I'm a big pool player also. So if anyone ever wants to play pool with me, please, by all means. Um, <laughs> but... I was playing pool with Oliver and we were going back and forth and we are talking about like our high school experiences freshman year and we were like oh we were talking during freshman year and we were like oh this would be great if like we ran like you know or like if like we could uh, ideally like one day run for student government and we were like ha ha like that would be funny and we really just kept revolving back around the topic like wait why don't we actually do this why don't we actually do this and then within a week or two weeks, we are like, you know what, let's, let's try and make this happen. And we really just just put our heads together and just, like, pushed for it and continued to push for it, continued to push for it. The election started almost a year later in March. And then throughout that whole entire year, we were building our platform, building our team, building our mission, and like really, like, developing that mindset that we need to, like, be the leaders of the school. And, you know, we ended up winning but at the end of, I don't know, like, I think by end of like April, mid April, that's when the election results were out. And luckily we won and it really just went from there. And that's that's how I got involved in StuGo.
0: Awesome. We did the origin story at the end. Uh
2: yeah, some great
1: expectations. You know, it's a new world. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, we're we're turning the institution of the structure of our podcast
4: too. Oh shit!
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, I think it was like, I think a year ago today. That's not true, but a year ago, um, we we had
3: uh,
0: <laughs> Javier on, and we like we did the episode in reverse, so to speak.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but. <laughs> um institutions architecture it's all it's all connected um uh uh but yeah, david sorry is there other are are points or initiatives you wanted to like bring up or anyone else had major questions
4: oh i have a question yeah uh what organizations are what uh are you donating to the one that you guys raise money for
2: oh for the are you talking about for the fundraiser currently
4: Yes. Okay.
2: So I recommend everyone going on to the GoFundMe because you still have a few hours left to donate. Um,
0: this will be posted like in a, a, like after, a few days from now.
2: Oof. So I guess for the three of well, I mean, was four, three of us, four of us. But um, <coughs> um, the three organizations themselves that we are donating to are the Black Visions Collective, Campaign Zero, and NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Those are the three
0: awesome um yeah i mean are there are there other like organizations or like particular resources you wanted to like plug yeah uh, for like check out
2: completely um the the black lives matter movement they have this link tree i don't know if you guys have seen the link tree i wish i had the link on me but i can definitely send it um they have this link tree where you can go on and it has a mass list of information as well as resources as well as different campaigns you can fund whether it's financially or through email support or signatures or anything of the sort it's this massive wealth box of information that i strongly recommend everyone check out because a lot of the information like in addition to me looking it up online and looking it up every like everywhere else i also go to this as one of my primary resources and really just every time i think of. have finish the topic i just swipe slightly down and click on the next one and start learning a brand new thing there's there's so much to learn there there's so much to there's there's such a need for everyone to grow and i think this offers a great simple means for everyone to choose what they want to learn about and really just start learning and understanding different aspects of everything that's going on so i definitely recommend it's it's definitely on the black lives matter homepage or somewhere on their instagram and it's also in my instagram bio and many other people's as well
0: uh what is your Instagram for our lovely, lovely listeners?
2: Oh, your lovely listeners will love my Instagram name. It is DJ Swag with two Gs and then a zero. Amazing. <laughs> there's, a there's a childhood story behind that, but that's for another right day.
3: <laughs> we'll have a watch out for part two, everyone. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: have a reunion episode. Hey. Um,
3: yeah. And we'll really get into the lore in that one. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we're running up uh, close to an hour. So we can wrap things up unless you wanted to, like, add a few more things, David.
2: Um, No, I I think. I mean, again, like, the biggest thing I can just push for is, like, everyone just, like, start educating yourself. You know, go off, learn, really go into things on your own wave and on your own like mindset and just like really understanding things on your own time. Cause you know, it takes different for everyone. And I, I hate the fact, I, I, I hate the word hate too. I try not to say hate too much. I dislike the fact that oftentimes people can mistake silence as not supporting a cause when in reality, the person may be off learning or off doing something on their own and, and we really just don't know, you know, so silence. It's a, it's a double edged sword I would say because it, it doesn't show us what the person's doing, which could be good or it could be bad. We just don't know. Um, but really just, you know, take the time to learn, take the time to understand, take the time to grow and just like reap the benefits of that. I think as a whole, like that's what will benefit the society.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much for coming on the show, David. This was like a really awesome talk and it's great to hear everything you're doing at uh, BU. Um, oh, boy. And, uh, what was that, Michael?
1: It's a go Boston. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: Yeah, and uh in addition to the Link Tree and uh, David's bio, we also like for the passion projects like Instagram bio, like we updated our link tree to include a bunch of resources for uh Black Lives Matter, be it like Protesting tips, places to support, businesses to support, um, mental health resources like, are things to like watch and such. So, um, just to echo David's statements, like keep educating yourselves, um, and also, uh, as protests are continuing and the pandemic's still going, just wanted to also stress for people to like stay safe um, as you're being active. Uh, so, those are those are just my few quick words of wisdom. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening guys. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.
2: We will see you next week. Thank you so much for having me.